There's hundreds of thousands of deaths and many more injuries happening in the country every year because of road accidents. And of course, it's a global problem and the global problem is even bigger. The state of license testing, he says that by some estimates of public reports, over 50% of licenses are issued without a test or a proper test. So we believe a system like HAMS that improves the integrity of the testing process has huge potential to make a positive difference. Welcome to the Microsoft Research India podcast, where we explore cutting-edge research that's impacting technology and society. I'm your host, Sridhar Vedantam. Road safety is a very serious public health issue across the world. Estimates put the traffic-related death toll at approximately 1.3 million fatalities every year, and the World Health Organization ranks road injuries in the top 10 leading causes of death globally. This raises the question, can we do anything to improve road safety? In this podcast, I speak to Venkat Padmanabhan, Deputy Managing Director of Microsoft Research India and Akshay Nambi, Principal Researcher at MSR India. Venkat and Akshay talk about a research project called Harnessing Automobiles for Safety, or HAMS. The project seeks to use low-cost sensing devices to construct a virtual harness for vehicles that can help monitor the state of the driver and how the vehicle is being driven in the context of the road environment it is in. We talk about the motivation behind HAMS, its evolution, its deployment in the real world, and the impact it's already having, as well as their future plans. Venkat and Akshay, welcome to the podcast. I think this is going to be quite an interesting one. Hello, Sridhar. Nice to be here. Yeah. Hello, Sridhar. Nice to be here. And Akshay is, of course, uh, officially a veteran of the podcast now since it's your second time. Yes, but the first time in person, so looking forward to it. Yes, in fact, I am looking forward to this too. It's great to do these things in person instead of sitting virtually and not being able to connect physically at all. Definitely. Cool. So we're going to be talking about a project that uh, Venkat and uh, you are working on, and this is something called HAMS. Uh, to start with, can you Tell us what HAMS means or what it stands for and a very brief introduction into the uh, project itself. Sure, I can uh, take a crack at it. Uh, HAMS uh, stands for Harnessing Automobiles for Safety. Uh, in a nutshell, it's a system that uh, uses a smartphone to monitor a driver and their driving with a view to improving safety. So we look at things like uh, the state of the driver, where they're looking, whether they're distracted and so on, that's sort of looking at the driver. But we also look at the driving environment because we think to truly attack the problem of safety, you need to have both the internal context inside the vehicle as well as the external context. So that's the uh, the sort of brief description of what HAMS tries to do. Okay, so you spoke about a couple of things here, right? One is the uh, safety aspect of uh, the you know driving both internal and external. Uh, when you're talking about this, can you be more concise and especially how did this kind of consideration feed into say the motivation or uh, the inspiration behind HAMS? Yeah, so as you know, right, road safety is a major concern, not just in India, globally, right? And when you look at the factors affecting road safety, uh, there is the vehicle, there's the infrastructure and the driver. And majority of the incidents today focus on the driver. For instance, the key factors affecting road safety, right, includes overspeeding, driving without seat belts, drowsy driving, drunken driving, all centering around the driver. 
and that kind of started it was motivating towards looking at the driver more carefully which is where we built the system hams which focuses on monitoring the driver and also how he's driving and india in particular has one extremely high rate of deaths per year right in terms of road accidents yes it's on the top list in fact around 80000 to 1.5 lakhs people die every year according to the stats from the government yeah it's an alarming thing and hopefully we are doing baby steps to improve that in fact you know if i may add to that if you look at the uh, causes of death not just road accidents you know diseases and so on road accidents are in the top 10 and if you look at the younger population you know people under 35 or 40 it's perhaps in the top 2 or 3 so it is a public health issue as well that's scary okay so how does this project actually work i mean the technology and the research that you guys developed and the research that's gone into it uh, talk to us a little bit about that sure yeah let me actually uh, wind back maybe 10 15 years to sort of when we first started on this journey and then talk uh, more specifically about hams and what's happened uh, more recently smartphones as you know uh, have been around for maybe 15 years a bit longer maybe and uh, when smartphones started emerging in the mid 2000s and late 2000s we got quite interested in the possibility of using a smartphone as a sensor mm-hmm. for you know road monitoring you know driving monitoring and so on and we built a system here at maxo research india back in 2007 8 it's called nerisel where we used a leading edge smartphone of that era to do sensing but it turned out that uh, the hardware then was quite limited in its capabilities in terms of sensors even a accelerometer was not there we had to pair an external accelerometer and so on and so the ability for us to scale that system and really have interesting things come out of it was quite limited fast forward about 10 years not only did smartphone hardware get much better ai and machine learning models that could process this information became much better and among the new sensors in the uh, newer age smartphones are the cameras the front camera and the back camera and machine learning models for computer vision have made tremendous progress so that combination allowed us to do far more interesting things than we uh, were able to uh, back then maybe akshay can talk a bit more about the specific ai yeah. models and so on that we built yeah so if you compare the systems in the past to hams what was missing was the context in the past systems like what venkat mentioned nerisel right it was collecting the sensor data but it was lacking context for example it could tell did the driver did the harsh braking or not but it could not tell did he do it because somebody jumped in front of the vehicle or was he distracted these cameras that new smartphones have can provide this context which makes these systems much more capable and can provide valuable insights and in terms of specific technology itself we go with the commodity smartphones which have multiple cameras today the front camera looking at the driver the back camera looking at the road and we have built numerous ai models right to track the driver state which includes driver fatigue and driver gaze where the driver is actually looking and also with the back camera we look at how the driver is driving with respect to the environment that is is he overspeeding is he driving on a wrong side of the road and so on so this is all happening real time the system can support both real time and also offline processing and as you know smartphones are intelligent edge devices but still they have limited processing power so we decide what some of the capabilities should run in real time and some can be offloaded to the cloud or some could be for offline processing okay i want to sort of make a distinction between our ability to run things in real time which as akshay said you know many of our uh, actually much of our research was 
in making the computation uh, inexpensive enough so that it can run real time and the user interface. So we explicitly decided early on in our uh, journey that we did not want a system that intervened real time and you know provided alerts because um, the bar for that, if you will, is very high in, in the sense that you don't want to make a mistake. Like if you alert a driver and that alert is actually a mistake, you might actually cause an accident. Right. And since we were shooting for a low-cost system with just a smartphone and so on, it did not seem like a reasonable thing to sort of aim for that. What we really aim for is processing that is efficient, that actually doesn't overheat the phone. You know, the processing can sometimes just cause a smartphone to meltdown. But at the same time, depending on the context, and we'll get to, I guess, our driver testing uh, application uh, soon, hopefully, we can offload computation to either a more capable edge device uh, nearby or to the cloud, as actually I said. And we definitely want to leverage that. Right? We are not sort of bound to just the smartphone for compute. Right. So, you know, you spoke about uh, the fact that you're using commodity hardware to do all this, right? And it's always fascinated me that today's consumer device, basically the commodity hardware that you get, is capable of doing a lot of stuff. Uh, but even then, there must have been challenges in taking, you know, maybe a 25,000 rupee or a 20,000 rupee phone just off the market and trying to get it to do things that uh, sound like they should be running in the cloud and not on the phone, frankly. right? Uh, did you have any of these challenges? Oh, numerous of them. So to start with the low-cost smartphones, as you turn on cameras, most of you would have realized the phone gets heated up much quickly than in a normal setup. While the system setup itself is very simple, which is just a smartphone, to build the system on top of smartphone, there are numerous challenges, uh, starting with real-world conditions. That is, there is different lighting as you drive in on roads. There is daytime, nighttime. How does your algorithm adapt to these conditions? There are different types of vehicles, hatchback, SUV. How does your algorithm adapt to these? Different driving seating positions, the way you mount the smartphone in the vehicle, all of these can change, right? So getting your AI models to work in such a dynamic setup is the biggest challenge. And one of the key research in HAMS is to address these challenges in a practical way. That's been one of our key focus. Second, coming to the hardware itself, since we want to do some of these processing on the smartphone itself, you have to come up with algorithms that are efficient, which means today smartphones, cameras can generate 30 frames per second. But the hardware, the compute power is not there to process all the 30 frames. So you have to come up with intelligent algorithms to decide which frame do you want to process, which frame you want to discard, or which frame you want to apply a lower algorithm compared to a better algorithm. So there are a lot of these decisions which have to go through to build the system. Right. Just to add to what Akshay said, you know, if, if I step back, right, there are, I would say, two major pillars of our research. One is being adaptive. For example, Akshay talked about the processing being expensive. Let's say you're trying to do vehicle ranging. You're trying to figure out whether the driver is tailgating, being too close to the vehicle in front. There are very good machine learning models that will do object detection, you know, find the vehicles in front of you in a, in a frame and so on, but they are expensive. Instead, we could combine that approach with a much less expensive tracking algorithm so that once you've found an object, you just use a cheaper tracking algorithm for a while because the vehicle in front of you is not going to disappear. If it's in front of you now, chances are for the next several sure. seconds, it'll be there. So this is adaptivity. The other uh, aspect is auto calibration or, or calibration in general. As actually I said, you know, vehicle geometry, the mounting of the phone, the driver's seating position, all that changes. And it is not practical to recalibrate each time a driver mounts a phone and starts, obviously. So we needed ways of automatically 
calibrating and running the system. So I would say a lot of our technical work and all the uh, research we have published falls in these two buckets. One thing that uh, either one of you mentioned, I don't remember exactly who it was, but you mentioned this thing about being able to detect if a driver is, say, drowsy. Uh, how does that actually work? Because, you know, it, it, it just sounds a little science fiction-y to me, right? How a phone is going to be sitting there mounted on the dashboard or on the window or the windshield of a car and is somehow magically telling you whether the driver is sleepy or drowsy or whether it, the driver is doing the right thing while driving. You're right. I mean, knowing the true internal state of a driver is not easy, but there are outward manifestations of you know, how tired someone is or how sleepy someone is. The obvious ones are your eyes sort of uh, drooping and also uh, yawning and things right. like that. And so those are things that we can pick out by just having a camera look at the driver's face. We are not claiming that this is uh, 100% perfect in terms of knowing the driver's state, but these are good indicators. In fact, we have some interesting data from our work, and maybe you know, Akshay can talk about this long drive he went on, and where these outward signs actually correlated with uh, uh, his own perception. Yeah, that's true. So there are several studies which has looked at eye blinking and yawning patterns to say the state of the driver. And we developed this one. And in fact, we were going for an interstate travel where we deployed hams in our own cab. It was early morning, so the driver was just awake and he was fresh where he was driving well. And our algorithms were also detecting that he was active. And we stopped for the breakfast and then the system started beeping, detecting the eye blinking and yawning state was much higher. And... We were in the cab and we did not notice it. And the system was able to detect. He was an experienced driver, yes, that made a lot of sense, but still, uh, he was drowsy. As a safety-conscious person, Akshay should have stopped the cab right then. But he was part of the research project, he wanted the data, so he kept going. He kept going, yeah. He's truly committed to the science. <laughs> cool. Have there been uh, other projects to do with traffic and road safety and so on, um, anywhere in the world? And... How does what you guys are doing differ from those things? Yeah, so let me start and maybe Akshay can add to it. It's a very rich space, right? Around the same time, we you know started Neri Sell and so on in the mid-2000s. A bunch of other people started startups as well as university groups like at MIT and Princeton and so on. IIT Bombay had an active project that was looking at similar things. And then, as I said, Hams, we did sort of about 10 years later. The biggest distinction, I would say, uh, is what Akshay touched on in the beginning, which is that Compared to a lot of these existing systems that people use, including what insurance companies now use, at least in um, you know the Western uh, world, uh, we have these camera sensors that allow us to get the context of driver. I think Akshay gave an example of the driver being distracted. I'll give you an even simpler example. You know, think of something like speeding. You would imagine a speed is very easy to get. You have a GPS device, pretty accurate. It'll give you speed. But when you talk about speeding and the safety issues related to that, it is not just your vehicle speed. It's contextual. It is how you're doing relative to other vehicles. If right. you know if the speed limit is 80 kilometers, others are going at 90 or 100, it is safer to go at 90 or 100 than to right. be 80, right? Yeah. So that context is something that you get only with camera-based sensing. And that, for the most part, the other work uh, is not looking at. I would say we are perhaps among the earliest to look at that as part of the mix uh, for this problem. Okay. And uh, I know this project is, uh, I mean, you guys have been working on this project for about three years, four years now? Four well, years longer. Now. We actually started in 2016. 2016. So it's a bit longer, yeah. Right. And I know that uh, 
before we had this unfortunate pandemic there used to be all these weird uh, posts and signs in the basement of the office here which i was told akshay put up what were those for and they told me that uh, i am not supposed to run over those signs or move them and all that because they are for a very important research project that uh, akshay is running called hams what were you guys doing there in the basement right while we spoke about various detectors in terms of understanding the driver state how he is driving one of the key things which uh, we have developed is how the driver uh, drives specifically uh, we look at the trajectory of the driving itself when we talk about trajectory today you can use gps to get the trajectory of how the vehicle is being driven the accuracy of these gps uh, devices are in meters especially if you are now trying to understand how the driver is parking in a reverse parking position or or in a, a parallel parking position you want to understand the trajectory in centimeter level how many forwards he took how many reverses he took and to do that we have come up with a way where we use visual cues which is basically the features in the environment plus some of these markers which you have seen in the basement which provides you very accurate localization up to a few centimeters and that's how we were able to get the accurate trajectory and now this trajectory can be used for various applications one as i said for seeing how the driver is parking it could be used for how the driver is driving in a open environment and this was mainly to see how new drivers are actually driving the vehicle okay you can think of these markers i guess they are called fiducial markers as you know the beacons of a lighthouse you know it gives you a reference point right and so you can locate yourself accurately down to centimeter level using these as reference points okay now i also know that you've uh, implemented uh, hams at scale at various places uh can we talk a bit about that where it's been implemented and what it's being used for that's a good question shridhar uh, let me provide the broader context here and then maybe akshay can chime in with the details as i said we started hams in 2016 and in the year that followed we looked at many different possible potential applications uh, for example fleet monitoring uh, driver training and so on now as luck would have it we got connected with a very interesting organization called institute for driving and traffic research which is run by Maruti Suzuki which is India's largest car manufacturer and they are very much interested in issues of road safety and also being Maruti and uh, such a, a big player in the uh, vehicle business they're very well connected with the government so in late 2018 we went to the ministry of road transport and highways along with them and met with the senior bureaucrat and what was supposed to be a 15 minute meeting went on for over 2 hours because the person we met with really liked the potential of hams in particular in the context of driver testing as you know before you're granted a license to drive you you're supposed to be tested right. but the reality in india is that because of the scale of the country and population and so on anecdotally and even some studies have shown that many licenses are issued without a proper test or without a test at all which obviously means untested and potentially unsafe drivers are on the road and they're contributing to the scale of the problem Now the government is alive to this problem and they are quite interested in technology for automation and so on but the technology that uh, people were using was quite expensive and therefore difficult to scale so from this conversation we had in 2018 what emerged is that our simple smartphone based solution uh, could be used as a very low cost but at the same time high coverage solution when i say high coverage it can actually monitor many more parameters of a driver's expertise in driving than the existing high cost solutions So that really got us started and maybe Akshay can talk about where that journey led us. 
this meeting what Venkat mentioned with the ministry in Delhi led us to uh, talking to government of Uttarakhand who were looking to set up a greenfield automated license testing track in Dehradun. This was the first implementation of AMS to provide automated license testing. And remember, this was a research project, taking this research project to an actual deployment with the third party organization and government being involved was a major task. It's not just about technology transfer, it's making the people on the ground understand the technology and run with it every day. We have spent several months with the government officials to translate the research project to an actual real-world deployment, which also included translating the parameters in the driver license testing guidelines to something which can be measured and monitored in real-world. For instance, this would mean, is the driver wearing a seatbelt? The amount of time it took to complete a particular maneuver? All of these things needs to be monitored by the system. And this translation was one of the biggest challenges taking the research project to a real-world deployment. This deployment went live in July 2019, where the entire test was completely automated. Automated here means that there is no inspector sitting in the vehicle. So the inspector comes in to the vehicle, deploys a smartphone, and he exits. You as a candidate drive within a confined area which has multiple maneuvers and the smartphone monitors how you are driving. And as a bunch of parameters which has been defined based on which you would be marked. At the end of the test, basically a report will be automatically generated which says which maneuvers you passed, which maneuvers you failed, along with video evidence why you failed will be provided to the candidate and the final result will be uploaded to the central government for issuing the licenses. This is very interesting. Uh, what has been the uh, reaction of people to this? I'm sure that when uh, people suddenly saw that they're going to be evaluated by a smartphone, it must have thrown them uh, for a loop, at least in the initial stages. Much to our surprise, it was completely opposite. They were very much welcoming the smartphone than an inspector in the vehicle. <laughs> I think yeah, people trust a machine more than a person because they feel that a person perhaps can be biased and so on whereas the machine they just trust. Uh, in fact, the comments we got also said, you know, look, I failed the test, but I like the system. So people are, seem to be happy to remove the human error part of the thing out of the equation. The subjectivity, right? Yeah, yeah, the subjectivity, yeah. They feel the system is objective. The other thing I should mention, which obviously we didn't plan for and we didn't anticipate, after COVID happened, this idea that you take the test without anyone else in the vehicle gained a new significance. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, things like uh, physical distancing became uh, the norm. You could take a test with just a smartphone and not have to worry about sitting next to an right. inspector or inspector uh, worrying about sitting next to a driver. And that was an unexpected benefit of our approach. Right. That's very interesting. I never thought of this, although I've been tracking this project for a while. Neither did we. It just happened and then we realized, oh, you know, in retrospect, it was a good idea. Yeah. And uh, what's the roadmap? Where does the project go now? Yeah, Akshay talked about the Radun deployment that happened in 2019. That really sort of caught the attention of several state governments. In fact, they sent their people to Dehradun to see how the system was working and you know, came back quite impressed. So there was deployments in Bihar, deployments happening in Andhra Pradesh and some sites in Haryana and several other states that are in discussion to deploy the system. So at this point, we have four RTOs that are live and with a couple more that are almost live, they're pretty much ready to go, and about a dozen more that are in the works in various stages. But of course, there are 1,000 RTOs in the country, so there's still a long way to go. And one of the challenges is that this has to proceed on a state-by-state -state basis because it is... It's a state subject. It's a state subject, exactly. 
but we are working with external partners who we have enabled with the hams technology venkat it sounds like this project has some serious potential for large societal impact that's indeed the case sridhar in fact we think there's huge potential here for beneficial impact and that's what really been driving us just to give you context with the numbers the scale of the problem we already talked about there's hundreds of thousands of deaths and many more injuries happening in the country every year because of road accidents and of course it's a global problem and the global problem is even bigger the state of license testing is such that by some estimates of public reports over 50% of licenses are issued without a test or a proper test so we believe a system like hams that improves the integrity of the testing process has huge potential to make a positive difference now where we are in the journey today is that we have done about 28000 automated license tests using hams across all these states where it's been deployed but an estimated 10 million or more license tests or licenses are issued in the country every year so we think that by scaling to the 1000 plus rtos that i talked about earlier we can actually potentially touch a majority or perhaps even all of these license tests that are happening and license being issued and thereby have a much safer roads in the country by having you know drivers who are well tested and really ready to drive uh, being the only ones who are on the road fantastic now we are coming towards the end of the podcast are there any thoughts that you'd like to leave the listeners with before we wind up sure i can share something and then maybe akshay can uh, add to it as well i would say you know stepping back from the specific use case of hams and you know road safety and so on what this experience has taught us is that if you take technology and mate it with a significant a societally significant problem in this case road safety but really understand the problem work with partners like we did you know we worked with aritia the maruti aritia we worked with the other external partners talk to the government multiple governments at the center the state and so on really understand the problem understand technology and bring it together in a meaningful way we can make a huge difference and that's really uh, quite inspirational for us because it tells us that there's a lot of good we can do as technologists and researchers yeah nothing much to add to venkati nicely summed it up but i think one just minor point would be that we don't have to look for problems elsewhere problems are just right next to us and picking up these societal impact problems have a lot of values okay fantastic thank you both for your time thanks sir it's been a pleasure thanks sir this was very good